You are listening to Restoring the Branches Ministries. Our mission is to reconnect Yah's people to the root and truth of his word. We have been called to take Yah's healing to the nations, remove the stumbling block out of the way of his people, and teach as well as model the importance of serving the living Elohim in spirit and in truth. We live by Romans 15 and 4, for whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Dear Father, may it be a sweet smelling savor into your nostrils, dear Father. Uh, may we continue, dear Father, to grow here today, that we are continuously being nourished by your word, um, that you continue to feed us all the bread from heaven. We should latch on to their father, that we should hold on to and grasp on to their father. It was not to rely on carnal things, but that we rely on the incorruptible things, the father. We rely on you and your word, on your son, Yeshua Mashiach, the father. Help him to come forth from my mouth um, and help the word to marinate in the heart, minds, and souls of the people. Um, that it may um, bring forth a change in our life, that it may bring forth healing, that it may be, bring forth um, just a um, just the exhortation to continue to move forward um, in you, dear Father. So just continue, dear Father, to place your rock on this place. Um, let it fall down on all of us, dear Father. And just help us, dear Father, to continue to, to, to strive for the straight gate that we are striving, that we are continuously fighting for our life. We're fighting to, uh, to keep our soul intact and that we don't let the adversary take over, but that we fight against the adversary with all we have. Understand that we are more than conquerors if, if if we continue to believe on you and believe on your son. So just continue to help us to believe, um, help our unbelief, continue to help us to trust in you, have faith in you. We need your guidance, we need your strength. Um, just continue to help us to honor you and, and revere you, dear father, because you're the good, good father. Um, you're the most high Elohim that created the stars, that created the sky, you, cre you created you know, the, the mountains and, the, and the, you created all the elements just help us to just trust in you, understand that you are a creator. Um, you can tear, you can you can build up, you kill, you destroy, you make alive. So help us to trust in you and you alone. It's not to trust in man, but that we trust in your word, that we're continuously nourished by your word, and that we continue to you know, just believe and that we continue to uh, be healed by your word. So just continue to fall in this place and continue to help us, the Father, to grow, to be nourished. Help us to be the potter's clay that's fashioned in your hand. Help us to take your fashioning and, and, and take your correction um, and, and just take it all, dear Father, and help us, dear Father, to just be obedient to, to your word unto death, just like your son Yeshua Mashiach was. So we just love you and we thank you. And Yahshua Mashiach, let me pray. Hallelujah. And amen. Amen. All righty. So Shabbat Shalom, family. Shabbat Shalom. So. Today's message is the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden of Gethsemane. So um, I was just, you know, just in my prayer closet, just trying to figure out what y'all wanted to bring forth to the people. And he kept telling me to just, just, just to press. He kept telling me Garden of Gethsemane, press, Garden of Gethsemane. You know, so that was just what kept coming in my mind and as I was digging and as I was researching, you know, he pulled out a lot of things. So, um, so as we begin, 
I start to realize that it is really time to start pressing harder. It is time to start pressing harder. And as times grow darker, we must grow stronger. We can't allow the weight of the world to beat us down. We have to keep fighting through the pain so that way we can be overcomers. Okay, so let's go ahead, jump right into it. So the main points for today, we're gonna go over the significance of Gethsemane and we're gonna go over how we can apply what Yeshua did there into our daily lives. Okay, we're gonna see how we can apply this in our daily life, all right? So remember, pressing, talking about pressing, moving forward, getting stronger, all right? So Matthew Yahoo 26, 36 through 46, let's go ahead and go there. For all those watching that is Matthew 26, 36 to 46, let's go there. When you get there, say hallelujah. All right. And it says, Then cometh Yahshua with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. See, so we see so far, his soul is very sorrowful unto death. There's something being weighed on him. The world is being weighed on his shoulders. There's a lot, a lot of pressure on his shoulders. A lot that he has to bear. All right. But that doesn't keep him, that doesn't, that doesn't stop Yeshua. So let's keep going. Uh, verse 38, and then saith he unto them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death, tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou, but as thou will. He cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep, saith unto Peter, what? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. All right. So we see that even with all his agony, with all this pain that he was going through, and what was about to transpire as he's about to go through the crucifixion, that he kept pressing that he did not give up, that he was going to conquer the flesh. So going to the importance of Gethsemane, of Gethsemane, this is a place 
within the Mount of Olives that Yeshua went to go pray three times. So Yeshua knows that the crucifixion is coming. All right. So this is the most agonizing moment of his life. So Yeshua needed to pray and pour out his heart to Yah. So he took the three disciples with him to stay close. And so once he goes and pray, we see Yeshua bear his soul. We see the pain and the agony that he was going through. But that he did not give up, that he kept pushing and he kept pressing. All right. So let's look into Gethsemane a little closer. Going to go into that just a little bit closer. Going to it. So Strong's um, 1068. It's the Greek, the Gethsemane of Chaldee origin, oil press, Gethsemane, a garden near Jerusalem, Gethsemane, an oil press, the name of a place at the foot of the Mount of Olives beyond the torrent Kidron. It's, it's used two times. All right. Remember, Maury tell me all the time, if it's something that's used only one or two times, only a few times in the book, pay attention. You, you better pay attention. All right. So oil press. Oil press. So it's interesting. So now we're going to go back to what Gethsemane is in Hebrew. So I ain't got the vowel points, but if, if, if somebody can, you know, guess this little first little part. All right. Got. OK. A wine press. So that little first little part, a wine press or a bat of holding the grapes in pressing them. OK. Yeah. Shemanim, fat, oil. Okay. Fat, oil. So like I said, like an oil press, like you pressing something. You pressing, you pressing olive oils. You press, you press, you pressing the, uh, your, the olives and you're crushing the olives. Right. So we're going to see why it, was, why it was so pertinent that he went to this particular place to press in and to go as hard as he went. All right. So let's look at the significance of this place. Let's look a little further. Let's look a little deeper in some history on Gethsemane or Get or Shamanim. All right. So it says olive oil was the staple of the ancient Mediterranean world. And it is very and it is still very important today. During the time of Yahshua and for hundreds of years before that, people in the ancient world used olive oil for more than just cooking. The menorah in the temple was lit with wicks dipped in olive oil. And even today, many Jews use pure olive oil in their kanuka menorah. The people of Judea ate the olives, used the oil as a preservative and as a lubricant for skin care. It was also used as oil for anointing. Yeshua was described as the anointed one. And later Christians were referred to as masahin in Arabic, which means anointed with olive oil. The story of the Good Samaritan told by Yeshua refers to olive oil being used for healing. It is then not surprising that um, God, through the writers of the gospel, would place olives and olive trees in the text to be used as a metaphor to explain Yeshua's suffering and ultimate redemption of mankind. So we see this picture as he's going to, um, to Gethsemane inside the Mount of Olives. We see that it's showing a picture of his suffering and ultimate redemption of mankind. So let's go back to Isaiah 52. Starting at verse 13. Isaiah 52, starting at verse 13. If you dare, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
All right. And it says, behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished at, um, at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him for that which had not been told them shall they see and that which they had not heard shall they consider. Um, going down to um, verse, I mean, going to chapter 40, I mean, 53. Who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of, of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of Elohim, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. So I'm going to stop there. We, so, we, say, we say we are of Christ. Or we're Christ-like, but are we willing to be afflicted on the Father's behalf for the next man? Are we willing to be a, a many-suffering servant to press in for somebody else? Are we willing to go there? All right. So we are called to bring healing to the nations. So that means we, we got we got to be amongst other people that are sick. We got to be amongst the sick. We got to be amongst the people that needs healing. And it might not be, and I know it's, and it's not easy to do that, but we have to do it. We got to do it. And one thing that I know is that being around hurt people, it ain't easy. It get, they get on your nerves. Because one thing that hurt people do, they hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. So it's very hard to be around, you know, sometimes it's hard to be around just the coworkers and just the folks that's, that's, that's not really there, not really in a way, because folks get on your nerves sometimes, man. And me being me, I know me. I'm not really a people person like that, you know, so but but we got to be willing to take them stripes in order for them to be healed, though. So we got to be around people that we got to be around the hurt. We got to be around the hurt. And they might hurt you because they hurt. And it's OK. But take them stripes and keep on being righteous. We got to continue to be a we got we to take the beating that way. Other people can continuously see the light in us and like, you know what? Man, he take a lot. But man, he a strong brother. He a righteous brother. Let me see. Let me see what. Let me see what this book about. Let me see what what this God about. You know. So we got we got to be willing to take those those beatings. Got to be got to be around. We got to we got to spend more time around the sick, around people that need us. We spend too much time around our own little circles, in our own little bubbles, in our own little righteous bubbles. It's not what it's about. It's about us going out and actually putting in the work for the kingdom. We got to put in more work. You just got to put in more work. So let's keep going. Verse six. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. 
yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers, um, before her shearers is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. So I said, Yeshua pressed in as if he was a wicked man. We need to learn to accept the role of the suffering servant. You have to stop running from this role. And so one thing that I realized that we like to take the easy way out. We want salvation to be easy. We, we have a microwave type of faith. But we have to understand that in order to truly be strengthened, we have to be like a suffering servant. We have to be willing to take stripes. We have to be willing to take bruises and take beatings. Because at the end of the day, that's going to make us strong. And that'll help everybody around us to be strong. Okay, so let's keep going. Verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Pause. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. What does he mean there? Let's look at bruise. So the Hebrew word for bruise, that's all right. All right. You probably can't see it, but I, I got you. So the Hebrew word for bruise is daka. Daka, it's a verb. It means to crush, be crushed, be contrite, be broken. All right. So it's, I still was like, what does Yah mean? He 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 it pleases him to, to, to bruise him, to crush him. And then the thing, the first thing that came to my mind when when I when I kind of got that was. Uh, resistance training. Resistance training. That was the first thing that kind of came to my mind. Because when, because in resistance training, you increase your, you increase your muscle strength by making your muscles work against a weight or a force. So resistance training increases muscle strength by making your muscles work against a weight or a force. So when you got to like bench press or you got to you're doing some kind of workout, it's hard at first. You, you have a certain pain threshold that you can't get past. But if you keep if you keep pushing against that weight over time, you'll overcome. You'll overcome that pain threshold. You'll be able to push that weight up. So when you get pressed upon, when you, when you, when you get pressed upon and things come your way and you got all this pain and agony that's weighing on you, if you continue to press against it, you'll be able to overcome it. You'll be able to press through and overcome the weight that's trying to that's trying to lay on you. Right. And so we know that when when you work out and we know that you get your muscles get get tired and your muscles get bruised and, and you get aching and your body ache over time. When you keep working it out, those bruises go away. You get stronger. Now you can push the weight further. Now you can continue to overcome and conquer and endure and go further. So I was like, OK, that's what he mean. So so it pleased him to bruise him because through our bruises, he makes us stronger. And he makes us overcomers. So I said, are you you are allowing your body to go through pain or to gain strength and endurance so you can overcome and conquer the same pain threshold? 
So I say Yeshua went through resistance training. And he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He went through his resistance training. He was getting pressed upon, pressed upon, pressed upon, pressed upon. But he continued to press back. He pressed and pressed and pressed and conquered the flesh. Where is our fight? Where is our fight? So I say Yeshua didn't have to acknowledge guilt, but he did. Why does it take us so much to admit guilt? Why is it so hard for us to, to, to admit things and to, and to move past stuff? Why is it so hard for us? Because there's no resistance training. There's no, there's no really, there's no real pressing. When the weight comes on us, we just let it crush us. We just let it crush us. We don't really press back. There's not enough fight in us like that. But we gotta, we gotta learn how to press back. We gotta learn how to, how to, how to, how to fight, how to push back, how to press, how to press, how to press in. Even when it feels like I can't win, it feels like it's just too much. We gotta keep pressing anyway. We gotta, we gotta press anyway. All right, so let's go to James 4. Not on that note, James 4, 1 through 11. Give me Yahoo, give me James 4, 1 through 11. Yaakov 4, 1 through 11 reads, From whence come wars and frightenings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust, that your war and your members? Yet lust have not, yet lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Mm -hmm. Ye adulterous and adulterous, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with Elohim? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of Elohim. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lust to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, Elohim resisteth the proud, but giveth mm -hmm. grace unto the humble. Yeah. Submit yourself, therefore, to Elohim. Yeah. Resist the devil, and yeah. he will flee from you. Mm -hmm. Draw nigh to Elohim, and he will draw nigh to you. Yeah. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Master, and ye shall lift you up. Speak not evil, Speak not evil one of another, brethren. Ye, he that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Hallelujah. So we must speak and pray with the right motives. We must not indulge in our own desires. Right. We must separate from this world, be humble and come close to Yah. Right. And not try to stand in a place of Yah. That's our problem. We try to stand in a place of Yah. We think we're better than Yah. Our own logic is better than Yah. But well, that don't make no sense. I'm going to do it this way. No. Obey Yah. Be obedient to his word. Trust in him. He beats all logic. So we must be sincere in coming to him. 
You must have the right motives at, at all times. You must always have the right motives. You must be doers of what the Torah says. This is how we flee from the adversary. This is how we flee from the adversary. All right. So I'm going to give an example of another person that, that, that pressed through to the end. This is a great passage. Let's go to Acts 7, 51 through 60. More can you give us Acts 7, uh, 50, um, uh, 51 through 60. Yes, sir. book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 51. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, do you always resist the rock, HaKodesh, as your fathers did? So do you. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? Uh -huh. And they have slain them which showed before the coming of the just one, of whom you have now been the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. Mm -hmm. But he being full of the rock, Akodesh looked up steadfastly into the Shemaim and saw the glory of Elohim and Yahshua standing on the right hand of Elohim. Mm -hmm. And he said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the son of man standing on the right hand of Elohim. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Shaul. Mm -hmm. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon Elohim and saying that Adonai Yahshua received my spirit. Mm -hmm. And he kneeled down and cried out with a loud voice, Master, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Hallelujah. So just uh, backstory in Acts 6. So Stephen was accused of going against Yah, against the law of Moses and, and the holy place and all that kind of stuff. And then in Stephen's defense, he runs down the history of Abraham all the way to Moses and explaining the essence of Torah being Yeshua. Um, so the people weighed on him. They tried to crush him. They tried to, they tried to, they tried to press on him, but he didn't back down. He was still willing to do the father's will all the way unto death. And his speech paved the way, as we keep reading on in other chapters in Acts, his speech paved the way for presenting the gospel to the Gentiles in Samaria. So his, his righteousness continued to, um, to, and him being willing to take them stripes helped, helped others. It was able to help the Gentiles in Samaria. So are we paving the way for others are we paving the way for others like he did? Are we are we are we willing to take the crushing in and, and be able to press back while people are trying to crush on us? Are we, are we willing to press on when the world feel like the world is weighing on you? It feel like it's a lot going on in your life. It feels like there's just a lot pressing on you. You got depression. You got, you know, family members, you know, that's going on. It's going crazy. You got death in the family. You got, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, your friends and and the world's going crazy around you. Can you continue to press in and focus? on what you need to focus on. So in order to pave the way for others, we must self-sacrifice and not be self-preservers. We must sacrifice ourselves and not preserve ourselves. We can't love our life 
more than we love Mosai. We, we preserve too much. Stop preserving. It's time to sacrifice self. We got to stop preserving. All right. So now I'm going to go back to Isaiah. I didn't finish. So let's go back to Isaiah. 53. Going back to Isaiah. 53. Now in verse 11. All right. So Isaiah 53, verse 11, it says, He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. So Yah will work on your behalf if you pour out your soul. A true suffering servant will always make sure to do the Father's will. This is why seeing Yeshua press in at such a difficult time is important to see because it shows his commitment level to the father. And it shows that our commitment level is low. We don't put y'all first all the time. And for example, for me, for example, I'll say this, because sometimes, sometimes I keep my mind so busy. Like sometimes stuff gets so difficult for me, stuff gets hard, stuff gets painful. One thing that I do, I keep my mind so busy to where I ain't got a, uh, to where, to where um, I avoid my pain. Who, who does that around here? Who does that? Where, where, you, where you keep your mind going so much just to avoid stuff. You just, you, you work, you, you play the game, you watch TV, all because you're, you're trying to avoid your problems. You're trying to avoid your pain. I do it. I know I do. We got to stop being like that. We got to stop trying to avoid pain. We got to try to hit it head on and go to the Father with our pain. We got to go to Him first. You got to stop using him as a last resort. Yah's not a last resort. He should be our first resort. If something's going on in your life that's weighing you down, that's pressing upon you, you press back and you go to the Father. And you allow him to, to uh, you allow him to uh, make you a conqueror over the flesh, over your own mind, over your, over your own self. Because a lot of times we be in our own way. All right, so let's move forward with the slide. All right, moving on with more about the um, about the olives. So once the olives are gathered, they are placed on a circular stone basin in which a millstone sat. Perhaps you have seen animals walking in circles around a millstone, pushing the stone around, grinding whatever is put beneath it. This is how the olives were crushed, and eventually a paste was formed that included bits of leaves, twigs, and pieces of the millstone. Through the crushing process, liquid begins to emerge from the fruit. Interestingly, the liquid is reddish in hue. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane, of Gethsemane that the coming events suddenly overtook Yeshua. Part of the agony of Yeshua was due to the knowledge that he was facing an unimaginable experience on the cross or stake that involved an extremely painful and humiliating form of death. The general population believed that anyone who was crucified was cursed. The most horrible pressing upon that Yeshua experienced, of course, was the oppressive feeling of bearing the weight of all human sin and separation from his father. All right, so 
Remember, it's, it's talking about the reddish shoe. It's a liquid the reddish shoe, right, through the crushing process. So let's go to Luke 22, starting at verse 39. I'll read. Uh, uh, give me Luke 22, 39 through 44. Luke 22, 39. Yeah. 39 through 40. 39 through 44. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Luke 22, 39 through 44. And he came out and went as he was, he was, as he was wont. Mm-hmm to the mountain of olives mm-hmm. and his disciples also followed him mm-hmm. and when he was at the place and he said unto them pray that ye enter not into temptation pause right there pray that ye enter not into temptation so one thing that i got from that verse keeping this verse in mind is just that whenever we pray whenever we press in there should be some substance behind our prayer we should never have empty prayers. Every time we communicate with the Father, it should always be some shedding of the flesh. It should always be a breakthrough or some growth with every time we open our mouth to the Father. Every time we open our mouth to the Father, it should be some flesh being shed. It should be like some sweat drops coming down. It should be some breakthroughs whenever we open our mouth. Keep going. Hallelujah. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed Mm -hmm. saying father if thou be willing remove this cup from me Mm -hmm. nevertheless not my will but thine be done and there appeared Amalekim unto him from the Shemaim Mm -hmm. strengthened him and began in a agony Mm -hmm. He prayed more earnestly, mm. and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood mm. falling down to the ground. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. So it said it was like his, it was like sweat was like like blood that like like it was blood that dropped down to the ground. And we see through the crushing process of 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 olives when they make the olive oil. I mean, in the crushing process, it's like a like a reddish shoe. So while he's at the while he's at the Garden of Gethsemane, as he's pressing in, he's getting crushed. It's like the, it's like the it's like the blood coming down. It's like blood coming down, right? And he continues to press. And he continues to press with all that agony, with all that pain, with with this unimaginable death that's coming that's coming. He continues to pray for strength from the Father to get the 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 goal to go through with His will. Where's our fight? He didn't want to do it, but he pressed so hard to conquer that flesh, to do the will. Where is our fight? We have to conquer the flesh. We gotta stop letting the flesh win battles. We let the flesh win too many battles. We have to start pressing in more. As we're getting crushed upon, we have to, cause we have to, we have to press. We have to press, go harder. We gotta go harder. Where is our fight? We gotta fight. All right, so let's keep going. So let's look at the process. Let's look at the process of pressing oil. Okay, let's look at the process of pressing oil. So olives, besides being good to eat, produce oil useful for many purposes. 
Extracting the oil from the olives required three pressings. The first pressing extracted the purest virgin olive oil used for lighting the menorah and other lamps in the temple. It was also for, for ceremonial anointing of special servants of God, such as priests. Uh, get, the, get this from Exodus 28, 41, and then 29, 4 through 7. Just uh, read that real quick. Just to, just to look at, just to look at, mm -hmm. Exodus 28, 41, and, and then uh, 29, 4 through 7. Get that real quick, just to show, just to show that. 40, uh, 48, uh, 28, 41, 28, 41, real quick. Oh, 28, 41. And thou shalt put them upon Aaron, thy brother and his sons with him and shalt anoint them mm -hmm. and consecrate them and sanctify them that they may minister unto me, the priest and so we see we see that with, with the, the ceremonial anointing of special servants of God, like priests. Now go to 29, 4 through 7. And Aaron and his sons, thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shalt wash them with water. And thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the coat and the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastplate and gird him with the curious girdle of an ephod. And thou shalt put the mire upon his head and put the holy crown upon the mire. Thou shalt uh, take the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him. Hallelujah. So just wanted to show that the oil is used for priests and kings. All right. Uh, Moray, give me first Samuel 15 and one. Uh, I'll read. Give me 16, 12 and 13. Just you know, showing how it's used for kings. Showing how oil used for kings. Going somewhere. Bear with me. I left Shmuel, First Samuel, fifteen and one. Yeah. <laughs> Shmuel also said unto Shaul, Yah sent me to anoint thee to be the king over his people, mm -hmm. over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of Yah. Keep going. I think so. Go, go on, Mo. Thus saith Yah Zevod of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he had laid wait for him in the way. Now when he came up from Egypt, now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare not them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, Ox, sheep, camel, and ass. All right. Uh, so you, you read one where it says, Samuel also said unto Shaul, mm -hmm. um, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken unto the voice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just want to show, like you said, anoint, anoint, anoint thee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. Okay. Go ahead. First Samuel 16, 12 through 13. Yeah. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready and withal of a beautiful countenance and good and goodly to look to. And Elohim mm -hmm. said, Arise, anoint him, mm -hmm. for this is he. Yeah. Then Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, of his brethren, and the spirit of the Elohim came upon the oil. 
from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Hallelujah. So we see that. And so it says, and also for the implements used in the temple, it's also oil was also used um, for the implements used in the temple. So um, Exodus 40 and 9. Yahoo, go ahead and Exodus 40 and 9. I'm I'm one I'm one gonna I'm one gonna call her, you know. She was she was like <laughs> she was like, oh 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 no. Shemote forty nine. And thou shalt take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle yeah. and all that is therein, and shalt hollow it and all the vessels thereof, and it shall be holy. Hallelujah. So we see um what, so we see a picture of what the three pressings are used for, right? We see the we see the picture of what the three pressings are used for. So after extracting the virgin oil, the crushed olives were placed into burlap sacks, which were placed in the mortar table for a second pressing. A heavy weight was then added to the pestle wheel. The second pressing produced less pure oil suitable for common use, such as cooking, medicine, and fuel for lamps. More weight was then added to the wheel for a third and final pressing, which extracted the lye for making soap. At this point, the olives had nothing left to give. They had nothing left to give. So there in the Garden of Oliver Press, he was pressed how many times? How many times was Yeshua pressed? Three times. And he gave his all. He gave up his anointing as king. He gave up his human body, the only suitable sacrifice for sin. And then he gave the last dregs of his being to cleanse us from our sins. So we see the three presses and we see how much he gave of himself to overcome, to, to, to cleanse us and to help us have, have a way back to the Father. He, he pressed and he was crushed three times. And he gave up all, he gave up, he gave up everything. He gave up his great title. He gave up, he gave up his, his purity. He gave up everything just to save our sorry butts. Gave us his last dregs to open up the way for eternal life. And it says, if only if we only if we will only accept his sacrifice. All right. So now going on with some verses that kind of goes in on just giving you all just nothing left. giving you all. So Psalm 62, one through eight. Uh, Yael, give me Psalm 62, one through eight. Uh uh, if you got your apocrypha, give me Ecclesiasticus 43, 30 through 33. Uh, uh, Matter of fact, yeah, you give me Philippians 4, 6 through 7. More, you give me Psalms 22. Wherever. Yeah, Psalms 22, the whole thing. Go ahead and start. Psalm 62, 1 through 8. Okay, Psalm 68. Oh, 62. 62. I'm 1 sorry. through 8. Yeah. It's all right. All right. My soul waits in silence for God alone. My salvation comes from Him. Mm -hmm. He alone is my rock and salvation, my stronghold. I won't be greatly moved. Yeah. How long will you assail a person in order to murder him? 
all of you as if he were a sagging wall or a shaky fence. They only want to shake him from his height. They take delight in lying with their mouths. Uh, they bless, but inwardly, inwardly they curse. My soul wait in sight. My soul wait in silence for God alone because my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and salvation. My stronghold, I won't be moved. My safety and honor rest on God. My strong rock and refuge are in God. Trust in him, people, at all times. Uh, pour out your heart before him. God is our is a refuge for us. So trust in him at all times. You people pour out your heart before him. Yah is a refuge for us. So when you pour yourself out, Yah can pour himself in. But we have to be willing to pour ourselves out. Take away all the muck and the stuff that's, that's of your own mind, of your own thought process. Pour yourself out. Allow Yah to enter in. He can't fill an already full cup. When you when you already fooling yourself, you're boastful, you're pride, you got ego, you, know, you feel like you already made it, you got all the answers. Y'all can't pour into you. If you're if you if you're selfish and always try to get y'all gotta get your own way, and you can't you can't never be afflicted for the greater good of somebody else, y'all can't y'all can't use you. So we gotta pour ourselves out. That way he can pour it into us. All right. Please yes, because 43. Sirach, 43, 30 through 33. Mm-hmm. When ye glory, when ye glorify mm-hmm. the master, exalt him as much as you can. For even yet will he far exceed. And when ye exalt him, put forth all your strength and be not weary. Mm-hmm. For you can never go far enough. Yeah. Who have seen him that he might tell us and who can magnify him as he is? There are yet hid great things. Yes. Then these be, then these be, mm-hmm. for we have seen but a few of his works. Yeah. For the master had made all things to the godly have he given wisdom? Hallelujah. So it says to give all of your strength. Give all of your strength. Give all of your strength. Because you can't be carried by your own strength. You can only be carried by Yah's strength. You got to let Yah strengthen you. You're not strong enough to do anything on your own. We, we are nothing. We need to be strengthened by Yah. So we need to give all of our own strength the way he can give us his strength. Give yourself away so that way he can use you. All right, the way he can use you. So Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Yeshua HaMashiach. Hallelujah. So we cannot worry. We must pray to the Father with a sincere heart, and his peace will be over you. All right. His peace will be over you. Our problem is that when we get in trouble, we don't go to Yah first. We try to handle our own problems first. OK, so we, we, we must go to the father. Sincerity and truth. All right. We must go to him in sincerity and in truth. Psalms 22. Talahim 22. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring, 
O my Elohim, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. Yeah. In the night season, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and the spies of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shout out the lip, they shake the head, saying, He trusted in Yah, that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Mm -hmm. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast, yeah. that I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art called my Elohim from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help me. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me around. Yeah. They gaped upon me with their mouths as ravening and warring lions. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue cleaveth to my jaws and thou hast brought me into the dust of the death. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. They pour my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. But be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, hasty to help me. Mm -hmm. Deliver my yeah. soul from the sword. Yeah. My darling, from the power of the dog, save me from the lion's mouth. Yes. For thou hast heard me from the horns of unicorns. I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation. Will I praise thee? Ye that fear Yah, praise him. All ye seed of Yaakov, glorify him, and fear him, all ye seed of Yisrael. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the afflicted of the afflicted, the affliction of the afflicted. Mm -hmm. Neither hath he hid his face from him, but when he cried unto him, he heard, My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. Yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So when the world is pressing against us, when the world is pressing against us, we have to still have our praise in our mouth. We must still be obedient and go to Yah for strength. All right. He wants to know that you rely on him. All right. So no matter what we're going through, no matter who is coming against us, no matter, you know, how difficult things get, no matter what's, what our situation is, we must go to Yah for strength and he'll he'll. Give us the strength to endure whatever it is we go through. All right. He'll, he'll allow us to endure whatever it is that we go through. So um, Psalms 23. Hear me, Yahoo. Can you give me Psalms 23? Psalm 23. <clears throat> Yah is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, thy comfort me. Mm -hmm. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Yeah. 
Thou anointest my head with oil, my mm -hmm. cup runneth That's over. over. Yeah. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Yah forever. This sounds this sounds like the essence of what Yeshua was going through at the Garden of Gethsemane. It sounds a lot like that. It sounds a lot like that. And so this this shows that a picture of what Yeshua was going through. The agony, the pain, the the you know, just 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 seeing death and and having to experience death that's that's a lot of pain to go through that's a lot of pain to go through to have to experience that but to understand that yah is still with him and that he will overcome and he can conquer if he just continue to press forward if he continue to just continue to push forward and press powerful so deuteronomy 28 40 go ahead Deuteronomy 28 and 40. Mm -hmm. Thou should have all the trees throughout all the coasts, yeah. but thou should not anoint thyself with the oil, for thine olive should cast his fruits. So when we look at Deuteronomy 28, and, and part of and one of the curses was to have an abundance of olive trees and olives, but um, not be able to anoint. So Yah has given us a, a amalgamation of olive trees to use for good, to get all the oil that we need to get out of it. But you know what we do? We use, we, we, we have the abundance of things, but we do not use them. Yah has given us all the tools we need to prosper, but we refuse to use what he's given us. So we have a lot of olive. We have, we have a lot of olive trees. We got a lot of olives but we refuse to press in and refuse to give the, and refuse to get the oil that needs to be getting out of the, out of the, out of the olive trees. We refuse to use what Yah has given us. All he wants us to do is press. All he wants us to do is fight. All he wants us to do is love him. All he wants us to do is obey him and be obedient to him. But we refuse. We think our way is better. We refuse the things of Yah. He's given us so many tools, so many things that will help us to overcome, but we refuse to use it. Amos 4 and 9. Uh, give me y'all, give me Amos 4 and 9. Amos 4 and 9. I have smitten you with blasting and mildew when your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increased. The pommel worm devoured them. Mm. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith Hashem. Hallelujah. So Yah gives us an abundance of olive trees and olives, but we refuse to be crushed to bring forth oil. True anointing comes with being willing to be crushed or pressed. But we love our life too much to bear pain. We look for the easy route to eternal life. But we have to be willing to be crushed, to be pressed, because that gives us strength to overcome. Once again, the resistance training, you cannot get stronger unless you continue to work out those muscles. You can't, you can't allow the weight to just fall on your neck and, and, and crush your neck. You push and push and you continue to push and get stronger. Resistance training, we have to be able to resist the weight that's crushing us. We have to be, we have to be willing to resist. We have to be willing to resist, all right? Be willing to be crushed to bring forth that oil. You're being crushed to bring forth oil used for good. We have to be willing. We can't look for the easy route because this walk is not easy. 
we sure had to go through that was not easy. And we can't say that we're followers of Christ, but then want to reject being a suffering servant. Just don't work that way. All right. So now we're about to head to a close. Uh, don't worry about that. So now we're going to look a little deeper into uh, into Shemanim. Shemanim, which is that part of Gat Shemanim. All right. So we're going to look at a similar word that could be used in its place. All right. So we're going to look at the Shoresh with, within Shemanim, which and so the Shoresh to this is Shaman to grow excessively fat. OK. So after that, we have Shemona eight or eighth. I was like, huh? OK. So after that, we have Shimonim, which is 80 or 80th. So these are some words that are very similar to Shimonim, right? And one of the definitions that I saw when I looked up Shimonim, it said not only is it like an oil press or to make fat, but it's also, it said like the, like the press of eight, the press of eight. I was like, what, is all, what does that mean? All right. And it's all this. And, and then, of course, Shemanim, which is fat oil. And so we're going to focus on eight. We're going to focus on 80. And we're going to see what what does this mean? Like eight, what is 80? Like, what does that have to do with anything? All right. So let's look at it. Hebrew numerical value of eight. So we have eight. Yaket equals eight. And we have Shemoni. We have Shimona, Shimoni, the feminine, Shimona, the masculine, literally to make fat. New beginnings, not just complete like seven, but satiated. Becoming fat is having more than enough. Full to overflowing, moves from the natural to the supernatural. Transcends natural time and space to supernatural realm. Figuratively, eight takes one through a full cycle of seven and begins anew. The one dame Yom Chad, of creation. Eighth Hebrew letter, ket, numerical value of eight. Pythographic meaning wall, fence, protect, new beginning, separation, sin, outside, olam, haba. Hmm. So moving from the natural to the supernatural. Okay. So when we look at the numerical value of eight, we see separation, we see new beginning, we see an overflow. Okay. So when we are obedient to the Father and walk in His will, He gives us more than enough to defeat the flesh and walk in the Spirit. This is why we must give him our all, just like Yeshua. At the Garden of Gethsemane, he was pressed three times, but he gave his all. And, and at the end of all that, after his crucifixion, he was put on the right side of the Father, and the Father exalted him above all things. So he was willing to give up everything he had to then be exalted right next to the Father. So how much are we willing to give? Do we love our life that much to where... We're not willing to give nothing to the Father. We, we've, got, we've got to be willing to give our all to the Father. All right. So if we give our all, if we press, if we continue to conquer the flesh, then we can be made anew. We can go from the natural to the supernatural. Right. So that's what happened with Yeshua at the garden. When he prayed and he pressed in and pressed in those three times. Guess what? He conquered the flesh and he, he, and he began his process from the natural to the supernatural. So in order to be, to be made fat, to be satiated, to have an overflowing, to have an abundance, we must be willing to get rid of all flesh. 
we must be willing to press in and give our all to the Father. We gotta be willing to give our all. As we're getting crushed and crushed and crushed, we gotta take the beating and continue to take our pain and taint the pain and the agony and give it to the Father and let Him strengthen us. That way He can help us to have a abundance. The way He can help us to be go from the natural to the supernatural. All right. So now let's go to all right, keep going with eight. So we have eight days after his resurrection, Yeshua appeared to the disciples and spoke to doubting Thomas. Thomas proclaimed, Yeshua, my Lord and my God. All right, in John 20, 26 through 29, the transfiguration occurred on the eighth day, Luke 9, 28. And Peter wanted to build three, uh, three tabernacles for Yeshua, Moses, and Elijah. Blah, blah, blah. Torah, the law, is elevated to the spiritual realm in Psalms 19 by the following, by the following and, verse, and eighth verse alphabetical sequence. All right. Elijah performed eight miracles. Elisha doubled that with 16. Eight souls were saved from the flood in Noah's day. A new beginning. Kanukah is eight days long. Its things are overcoming darkness with light. Heavenly miracles, supernatural oil, cleansing the temple, defeating the enemy in idol worship. Shemini Azaret, the last great eighth day of Sukkot, asked one to linger. One more day with, with Yah. King David, a prefigure of Messiah Yeshua, was the eighth son of Jesse. Eight is eight passes the completed work of seven and moves one into the realm of the supernatural or the world to come. It also depicts new beginnings as Hebraic thought sees time and the calendar as cyclical rather than linear, linear. It is doubling of four or authority of government. Thus, eight is a recreation of the house, tabernacle, temple of Yah, coupled with the letter Yod, creates the Hebrew word Kai or life. Huh? So when we look at the Garden of Gethsemane, it's, show, it's showing a deeper, deeper picture. But if you say the law done away with, the Old Testament is, 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 is that's, that's null and void. The law ain't nothing. You can't see that the law is pointing to Yeshua. The law done away with, but the Garden of Gethsemane is showing a picture of all this. It's showing the law. It's showing, it's showing the anointing oil. It's showing all this. But you're saying the law done away with. So it's 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Maureen. In the words of Zion Lex, you ain't gonna get this in Sunday, uh, in Sunday school. Sorry, I had to say it. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Mashiach, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Yeah. Behold, all things are become new. Hallelujah. So we got to press through so we can become, become new creatures. We can't, we can't move from the natural to supernatural if we can, if we're still holding on to natural stuff. Now we're going to go into the numerical value of 80. Numerical value of 80. This was, this was good. So numerical value of 80, in Hebrew, it denotes prayer. Pay, letter pay. The 17th Hebrew, Hebrew letter pay is pictured at right. The spiritual number 17 means victory. In Hebrew, the character pay is used to represent the number 80. 
The spiritual number 80 means prayer. The meaning is testimony 10 of new man 8. Uh, 80, um, 10 times 8 equals 80. It, it can also mean message of distress. 4 times 20 equals 80. It also can means break apart a struggle of faith. 2 times 40 equals 80. The rabbis picture pay as mouth. As mouth. Let's keep going. So, so in the gematria of pay is 80. As it says in the ethics of our fathers, when one is 80 years old, he has reached a special strength. Therefore, we find 80,000 men by the name of Aaron all followed Aaron to his final resting place. The reason there were 80,000 men by the name of Aaron is as follows. We know Aaron was a great speaker. When God asked Moses to speak to Pharaoh, Moses demurred, saying that he had a speech impediment. God responded, is there not your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Aaron's verbal skills also served him well as a marriage counselor when, they were, it was, when there was a fight between a couple and a husband or a wife left. Aaron became the peacemaker, appeasing them with soothing words. When the reunited couple gave birth to his next child, they invariably said, we will name the child after Aaron, the high priest. He, re he reunited so many couples that thousands of children were named Aaron. Thus, the number 80 here signifies the special strength of pay the mouth. Moses was 80 years old when he led the Jews out of Egypt and 80 when he transmitted the Torah to them. So I put... The, 80 denotes strength and it also denotes prayer. So 80 is showing strength in the mouth or the power of the tongues we've been talking about. Yah wants your praise. He wants your worship and he wants your prayer. He wants you to cry out to him. We've got to start using our tongue for good. This is what we say. This is the year of the mouth. Literally, this is the year of the mouth. Decade of the mouth. We've got to start using our mouth for good. We gotta start. We gotta start pressing in. We gotta start using our words for good. Speak life, not only to ourselves but to others. Right? We start using our mouth. Power in the mouth, right? And through our words, y'all can heal. If we come to him correctly, he'll heal. If we pray and we press in with all sincerity, he'll heal. But we gotta open our mouth the right way. We gotta be sincere. Got to press in. All right, let's keep going. So the meaning of numbers, the number 80, part of the meaning of the number 80 comes from the fact that it can represent the start or duration of freedom from oppressors. Moses was 80 and his older brother Aaron was 83 when they challenged Pharaoh to free the children of Israel from their bondage. Moses, whom um, God blessed by not having his strength or eyesight diminished as he aged, lived um, to the age of 120. Ehud was a rare left-handed warrior in ancient Israel. He freed the people from, um, from 18 years of Moabite oppression by killing their king and rallying the Israelites around his cause. After his victory, he was Israel's judge for 80 years, the longest person to serve in this position. So it also denotes being free from oppression. So we need to be free from the oppression of the flesh. The flesh is oppressing us, but we're going to be free from it. You know how to be free from it? You go to your father for strength to conquer that flesh. There's a battle. There's a war going on between the spirit and the flesh. We're like a tug of war battle, right? So for, in order for us to be free, we have to win that battle. We have to win that war of the flesh. That way the flesh doesn't oppress us no more. The reason why we're so far away from, from Yah now is because we're covered in this flesh. 
we so we so far from Yah because this flesh is just so wicked, so wicked and weak. We got we got to conquer this flesh. We got to conquer it. All right. So James five and sixteen. Um, Ari, give me James five and sixteen. James 5 and 16. Mm -hmm. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Yeah. That ye may be healed. Mm -hmm. the, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So the effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we must be a, we must be fervent in prayer. We must be someone that's very sincere in prayer. We must continue to commune with the Father constantly, constantly, constantly. And the righteous prayers avail much. Hallelujah. So now I'm going to go into some more with 80. I thought this was interesting. So when we look at Exodus 30, that is the 80th chapter. When you just look at it just numerically, just looking, just going down the line. Um, Exodus 30 is the 80th chapter of the Bible as a whole. It's just the 80th chapter. And so this chapter is the instructions of the construction of the altar of incense, the best for the washing, the anointing oil, and the formula for the sacred incense. All right. And crazy thing is, all of this are pictures of prayer. All of that is pictures of prayer. So when you're looking at the oil, the anointing oil, and the altar of incense, it's showing a picture of prayer. So when Yeshua pressing at the Garden of Gethsemane, of Gethsemane, is showing that 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 ultimate picture of prayer, of giving his all, of pressing in, of using this, of using the, of, his, of his of the strength of his mouth, is showing all of that the strength of his mouth, talking to talking to the Most High, trying to conquer the flesh, because he he didn't want to go through with it, but he know he got to do the Father's will, so he's gonna press in until he get the strength to do the do the Father's will. So let's go to Revelations 8, 3 and, 3, 3 and 4. Revelations 8, 3 and 4. I'll read it. Revelations 8, 3 and 4. If you dare say hallelujah. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. There was given unto him much, much incense that he should offer it with prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with prayers of the saints ascended up before Elohim out of the angel's hand. All right. So once again, that picture of prayer. That's what the incense and the anointing oil is a picture of prayer. A picture of prayer. All right. So I'm going to um, end with this verse. Go to Proverbs 18 and 14. I'm going to end with this. So Proverbs 18, 14. It says, the spirit of a man 
will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear it. So in order to be strengthened in the spirit, we must be willing to fight against the flesh. And it may be very difficult to overcome. It may be very painful to sacrifice the flesh, but we must exercise in the spirit, exercise through the crushing and through the pain that we um, can conquer that pain and bear the pain of others so they can be healed. Okay. So um, if our spirit is wounded, if, if, if our spirit is desolate, um, we can't sustain, we can't move forward. We will we'll be too crushed to even do anything. But if, if, we, if we have a spirit within us, if the spirit is truly within us and uh, we allow the father to work through the crushing, we produce much, much oil that, that, that can, that'll, that's, that'll be used for good. All right. That'll be used for good. So just continue to press sin family. Just continue to go to the father. Just continue to go to him and, and, and go to him and try to gain strength to do his will. Whatever that will is for your life, go to him and just press in and press in and press in and he'll give you strength to do whatever it is that you need to do because it is his will that we need to do not our own will but his will so we need to press in press in press in and i know times are difficult i know times are hard the world is crazy family a lot of death going on just you know just sickness and covid and all this kind of stuff is stuff is going on but we have to go to yah for strength and he'll give us abundance he'll overflow he'll you know help our he'll give us a strong mouth and 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 and, and He'll continue to give us abundance and he'll continue to give us a new beginning and he'll he'll continue to help us to be break, he'll help us to break through uh, from oppression and be free. Right? But we have to continue to press. We can't stop pressing no matter how difficult the crushing is, no matter how much weight is on us. But we, we got to resist. We got to pump that iron. We just got to pump that iron. Right. You can't allow the iron to crush you. You got to got to keep pushing. You got to keep got to keep got to keep going. All right. So that is all family. Shalom. Mishpaka. All right. Thank y'all. Love y'all. Shalom. All right. Thank you for listening to Restoring the Branches Ministries. Our website is www.restoringthebranches.org. We are also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also email us at restoringthebranches at gmail.com. Shalom.